An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 356, submission number 1536. That 80s show. That 80s show aired on Fox from January 23rd to May 29th of 2002. For 13 episodes. Greg, Mike, and I, we're all 80s babies. Well, actually, here's the thing Mike and I are Generation Xers, Greg is an elder millennial. So we have somewhat of a working knowledge of stuff that went on in the 80s. This show captured, well, at least tried to capture most of it. Hold on, time out. You said Mike was an 80s baby. He was born in 75. 80s kid, I think, is what he meant to say. Yeah, well. Yeah. 80s baby. 80s kid. Whatever. Whatever. So yeah, we are somewhat of an expert on things that were really big in the 80s. And much like that 70s show did three years ago when it premiered, this show was not a satire of the 80s. It was an homage to the 80s. But therein lies the problem. Whereas that 70s show was a big hit and sort of redefines the family sitcom as Fox saw it. That 80s show did not do that. I don't know what the hell that 80s show was trying to do other than capture the look and feel of 1984 San Diego. I guess if you want to ask anybody what this show is trying to do, you would ask Mark Brazel, Terry Turner, and Linda Wallop, writers for that 70s show, who went on to create this show. Linda Wallop, in developing this show, made note that this show came out of conversations we had while working on that 70s show. We were talking about what we had been doing in the 80s and found that we had all been in pretty much the same situation supporting ourselves with jobs we hated, but really burning to be in show business. But of course, for most people, the 80s were all about going out and getting your share of the money pie. So our characters are people who constantly are being pulled between their artistic dreams and commercial reality. That was the pitch as Linda Wallum saw it. So Wallum, with Mark Brazel and Terry Turner created the show, and it was produced by the same people who produced that 70s show, Tom Werner and Marcy Carsey. And it aired on Fox. Did it air out of that 70s show, or were they on separate nights? 
it says Wednesday, eight o'clock. So it's, it didn't uh, follow the uh, 70 show. It would have. And also I think 70 show was Thursdays, right? Yeah. That 70 show in 2002. Oh, and by the way, we haven't even said the reason why we're doing this episode. It's because of that 90s show on Netflix. We're doing this episode. Yeah. See, that 90s show didn't make the mistake that that 80s show did. That 90s show pulled the premise of that 70s show and made it come full circle. It's that whole everything old is new again in 2023 sort of vibe. Full House did it. Funky Brewster did it. Saved by the Bell did it. And now that 70s show did it. But that 80s show is the redheaded stepchild of the franchise. Well, you see, they made the mistake of doing the show while that 70s show was going on. And it virtually has no connection to that 70s show whatsoever. Aside from the creator and the producer. Yeah. But other than that, no connection whatsoever. And by the way, that 70s show would have aired on Tuesdays in 2002. And there was one episode that aired of that 80s show out of that 70s show. It did not help. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We've talked about the creative forces behind the show. Now let's talk about the talent they had in front of the camera. And what talent? I mean, these were really good, really solid, really funny castmates. We had playing the role of Corey Howard, who was an everyman, a struggling musician who lives at home with his sister Katie and father R.T., working at Permanent Record, a record store. Glenn Howerton, and I've been waiting all week to make the following recurring joke. Glenn Howerton was on every damn episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Well, of course he was. He plays Dennis Reynolds. Exactly. Key character in the It's Always Sunny universe. Yeah. Well, you know how I always say an exaggerated pause for somebody who made a guest star on it. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Here's us. We finally get a show with a person who's a regular. That's a good point. I don't think we've ever done a show with Danny DeVito on it yet. Not unless you count the Danny DeVito episode of It's Always Sunny. Thank you for your service. Oh, you mean the uh, episode The Gang Wrestles for the Troops? Yes. But I'm talking about a series proper. Yeah. Because I, I honestly, I can't think of anything that we might cover besides this that anybody on It's Always Sunny has done besides maybe The Mick. Yeah, I was going to say The Mick. I can't think of anything like Bob McElhinney he would have done before It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Playing his sister... Katie, who is a typical valley girl and a college dropout, is Tinsley Grimes, who has since retired from acting and is now a fourth-year medical student at Pittsburgh. So I guess that makes her an ACC legend now? Sure, why not? 
Next, we have June Tuesday, a punk rocker who also works at Permanent Record with Corey. June is played by Kyler Lee. And this was after Not Another Teen Movie, but before, way before, Supergirl. Yeah, and she was also on Grey's Anatomy. Let's not forget she was also on Grey's Anatomy. Correct. And fun fact, according to Kyler, it took 35 minutes and, and now I'm quoting, nine pounds of hairspray for her hairstylist to create Tuesday's Liberty Spikes. But since we mentioned not another teen movie, let's not forget. It also had America's ass in that movie. Yes, it did. Yeah. I should also add, we were talking about It's Always Sunny people uh, maybe not showing up on this podcast all that often. I think we forgot that Charlie Day was a producer of The Cool Kids. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah. But also, let's focus on the fact we didn't talk about The Cool Kids being a bad show. It is a brilliant show. It just got killed because Fox got the rights to SmackDown. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Vince. Nine billion he wants for WWE. Nine billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Beep you, Vince. Roger Park is Corey's best friend, a struggling used car dealer, and wannabe yuppie like RT. He rents a room above the Howard family garage, admires Ronald Reagan, and is a dance enthusiast. So yeah, we're talking about typical 80s yuppie trash. He's played by Eddie Shin, who nowadays is best known as the father of Alexa on Netflix's Alexa and Katie. Yes, he's married to Tiffany Deason on that show. Nice. Lucky guy. He smashed Kelly Kapowski. Anyway, playing Sophia, Corey's bisexual ex-girlfriend who has an unrequited crush on Corey's sister Katie... His... No, it's that's warranted. That's warranted. Yeah. Hey, bisexual in the 80s. That's kind of progressive. Very progressive. Playing that role is Brittany Daniel, who you would remember as the twin sister to Cynthia Daniel. And of course, they got their big break on Sweet Valley High. And then one of them was on Joe Dirt, but I forgot which one. It was Brittany. Brittany's still doing acting. Cynthia, not so much. Hold on a second, guys. Time out. She was on four episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia from 2005 to 2010. And, fun fact, she played Penny in the Eric's Hot Cousin episode of That 70s Show. I got one even better than that. She apparently dated Keenan Ivory Wayans for seven years. Somebody who's 20 years older than her, or almost 20 years older. That's not a fun fact. No, that's just disgusting, but you're right. You know what? It would have been much better if he dated Marlon. Rounding out the cast is Margaret, an ex-hippie rock groupie and owner of Permanent Record. Margaret Smith, a stand-up comedian. 
Hold on a second. Time out. Go down further on Brittany Daniels' Wikipedia page under awards and nominations and look up 2007. I'll just share oh, it. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no, Greg, no. What? <laughs> nominated. Okay. Yeah, nominated for Best Kiss. But who she shared it with? With Marlon Wayans. And best of all, what's the movie it was for? Little Man. <laughs> I what forgot about Little hell? Man. Oh, no. Oh, that's Little Man. Oh, my gosh. What the hell? I remember this. The, the memories are coming back. Jesus Christ, Greg. Greg. Maybe that's why they broke up. I don't know. It's not one per person to go to, and now that's in my head. Well, Greg, they didn't start dating till it looks like 2007 up until 2014, so maybe they started dating after like an after party or after the movie was released. But still, oh my gosh. Best kids for Mario. That's that's one of the more disturbing cuts we've had recently. Yes. <laughs> Marlon Wayans and Little Man. Oh my gosh. Greg, I don't know if I should shake your hand or if I should say vulgarities at you. That's, uh, yeah, shake that, that's Greg's something. hand and then use some Purell afterwards. There's not enough hand sanitizer in the world, Chico. Oh my oh, gosh. gosh. <laughs> I think it's always slightly better than freaking... Uh... White chicks, remember white chicks? Oh, okay. That's a movie that didn't need to be made. It didn't need to be made, but at least white chicks is rerunning places. I've never really heard of Little Man being rerun on anywhere, anywhere. on any channel. Yeah, maybe for good reason. Maybe for good reason. Oh, we still haven't talked about the dad, R.T. Howard, divorced father. Owner of Binex, a small company that produces and sells personal fitness equipment such as the Butt Luge and the Gut Whacker. Don't blame me, I didn't write this crap. Jeff Pearson, who played the dad in Unhappily Ever After. Okay. The WB's Answer to Married with Children. He was also. Senator slash President John Keeler on 24. Oh no, that means probably knew that bastard Charles Logan. He knew that bastard Charles Logan. So that's that 80s cast. Let's go over that 80s episode. Starting with that 80s pilot. I'm saying 80s a lot. Is this wrong? You're saying that a lot. I don't I think that may be more wrong than saying, yeah, 80s. We'll figure it out. Well, but yeah, we always do. Oh, oh damn it, Greg. I'm done. <laughs> Greg just pulled up a spill from Lil Man. Oh my gosh, Craig, what the hell? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm out. Good night, I'll, sir. I'll take over for Chico. 
So episode one. Guys, <laughs> Craig, what the f are you trying to do to us? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. This is the day I'm gonna die. Thank you, Greg. I'm gonna die on my 48th birthday. Go f yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. <laughs> oh shit. I'm gonna regret this. Little man movie. Let me see if it's airing anywhere. Oh I, no. I, I'm is it on find Tubi? Oh, hold no, on. No. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, it's on Hulu. Oh, wait. Oh. It looks like it's oh, wait. Oh, it's on the Roku channel, but you have to have a premium subscription. Oh, it's on Amazon Prime Video. Hold on. Do I have to pay money to watch it on Amazon Prime? I, I'm researching. Uh, yeah, you have to rent. It's $3.99. Is or, you it can on buy it Tubi? or you can buy it in HD on Amazon Prime for $14.09. <laughs> what the f Oh, my gosh. No. <laughs> uh, it, it's on Hulu. It says with a premium subscription. Uh, but then it's on... YouTube for $3.99, Voodoo for $2.99. It's not on Tubi. It's not on Tubi, but Joanna Man is. Justice for some, am I right? <laughs> Truth be told, I'd rather watch Joanna Man than Little Man. Oh my gosh. Let me see if I can get it for real cheap on eBay. I have to be a Cinemax subscriber on Hulu to watch Little Man. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I, good. I, I, I don't have a Cinemax. Uh, uh, they're not on my. Uh, I don't have a, a subscription. With Warner them, Brothers so. Discovery can go beep themselves. Anyway, wait, ho what, time what, out. What? I have a Cinemax subscription. Oh no, evil. Oh, oh no, I know where this is going, Greg. No, no, no. No. Wait, hold on. There's a four pack of DVDs. If you want some of the Twain's cinematic classics, you can get White Chicks, Blank Man, Little Man, and Mo Money all on one DVD for under $10. Buy it now on eBay. Oh, good. It's worth it oh, just for nice. Blank Man. If you just want Little Man, though, there's a buy it now on eBay. I, it's pre owned. I'm not kidding about the price. $1.25? Somebody must really, really want to get rid of that. They're like, no, I, I don't want to take four dollars for it. I'll take a buck twenty-five to get this shit out of my. Oh wait, there's a Blu-ray. Oh, there's a Blu-ray that's. Hi, definition. Okay, all right. I, I'm doing more research. I gotta see if the Blu-ray is. Well, well you're doing so, research. I got. We have. Yeah, you, we haven't we, talked we, about the plan. Yeah, we we've got thirteen episodes to talk about. Oh my gosh, I'm f***ing dying here over stupid little man. Damn it, Greg! What's wrong with you? It's all his fault. What's wrong with you, Greg? I regret nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna die. I swear to God. Anyway, episode one: that '80s pilot. Stuck in a postgraduate rut, non-conforming Corey agrees to work for one day at his dad's ad agency. He also clashes with his new co-worker at the record store, a punk rock chick called Tuesday. 
and Sophia has a crush on Katie and kisses her. Playing the role of Hoover, Joe Liss. And I only bring this up because Joe Liss is the announcer for the equally short-lived Comedy Central game show, Versus. Oh, Versus. That's something we got to cover one day along with Clash. I could be a twofer. Yeah, because they're basically the same show. But aside from that, nobody of any note playing any roles of any note here. Except for person who played Kenmore, man by the name of Brian Palermo, while we're on cinematic classics break, he played Caswell on Big Mama's House and a paramedic in the Happy Time Murders. Oh, the Happy Time Murders. That was the one with Melissa McCarthy and the puppets, right? The puppets, yeah. I, and that's actually a movie I, I want to see, and I think it's aired on HBO recently. So while I'm looking for Little Man, I can watch the Happy Time Murders. But known primarily for playing the voice of Akihiro Kurata in Digimon Data Squad. So, Episode 2, Valentine's Day. Katie gets together with her Navy man boyfriend, Owen. Jealous Sophia tries to split them up. Corey wonders who left a heart-shaped box of chocolates in the record store. Roger calls everyone bro, and RT's ex triggers his midlife crisis. Playing the role of Owen is Josh Bratton, who's known for being a that guy from that thing, but was on two episodes as Douglas Pryor on American Horror Story. He is a regular on Secrets of Sulphur Springs, whatever that is, but it was only 19 episodes long, so maybe a future cover? Credited as an uncredited dancer, according to IMDb, a waitress from Burleson, Texas, by the name of Kelly Clarkson. This is Kelly Clarkson. And this would have been before American Idol, right? Yes. Okay. And another name in this episode, if you are a kid of our age, playing a customer, Julie Renee. She was a regular performer. She was part of the ensemble on Nickelodeon's Roundhouse. Oh, Roundhouse. I love Roundhouse. It made Ivan Dudianski's career, you know, before he got into game show producing and whatnot. I thought you were going to say it made David Sedoni's career. No, Wheel 2000 made David Sedoni's career. Sorry. Come at me. I'm sorry. When you said Roundhouse, the first thing that came to my mind was Peter Griffin. Roundhouse! <laughs> That, no, that's Roadhouse. I know, it's a totally different thing, but that's the first thing that came to my mind when he said Roundhouse. It's like, yeah, I've heard that show, but it's like, this visual image of Peter Griffin staring at the camera. Roadhouse. Don't mind me, go to episode three. Episode three. Tuesday comes over. Tuesday takes a shower at Corey's, without his knowledge, after Katie discovers she is sleeping in her car. In the process, she discovers that Corey lied to her about living on his own. Roger struggles with work at the car dealership, and Artie buys a hot tub, while Katie tries to make everyone more environmentally friendly. 
this is the first time since Not Another Teen Movie that we see Kyler Lee wear her hair down. On this episode, playing Mr. Bailey is a name we've talked about, Rance Howard, Ron and Clint Howard's daddy. And also Hoover is back, so there's the thing. Episode 4, Corey's Remix. Corey records a song about his breakup from Sophia, and Katie mixes it into a dance song and plays it at the club, much to Corey's chagrin. Roger gets fired from his job at the car dealership. Corey flirts with Tuesday, inviting her to Club Berlin. She blows him off, but feels bad, and shows up at the club anyway at the end of the episode. So here we see the vestiges of Corey and Tuesday's um, relationship. Playing the DJ, Jeremiah Burkett. You probably remember him from that one episode of Saved by the Bell where he played the DJ that gave away a trip to Hawaii while Belding was giving everybody detention. He was also a regular on AJ's Time Travelers. What the hell is AJ's Time Travelers? It's basically Alan J. Bobot's syndicated answer to Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego. This was one of those shows that was both educational and entertaining. It's entertaining. Okay, I gotta mention two other series that he was in. And I'm gonna assume this is for the entire lifespan of both these shows. And son of a gun, we gotta cover both these shows one day. Oh my, this is going to be painful to say both these episodes. He was on 13 episodes of Method and Red. We're so covering that show. Hold on, since we're mentioning 2000s comedies on this podcast, we have to mention How High. Remember How High? I remember the movie. I didn't know there's a TV show based on it. No, the movie How High. Just oh about my. Little Oh, 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 yeah, I, I, that is such a bad movie, and I've actually seen that. Oh, my gosh. You know, of all the movies I've seen, all, like, seven movies I've seen in my life, how high is one of them? Where did my life go wrong? And another one of them's back in me, right? So, yeah, out of, like, the seven movies I've seen in my life, well, no, I've seen more than seven movies, but of the few movies I've seen in my life... I've seen How High and Mac and Me. Real winners. Oh, speaking of real winners, this, I believe, is all the episodes of this TV show. He played Tackleberry on Police Academy, the series. We're covering it soon. Don't know how soon, but we're covering it soon. So the live action series, not the cartoon. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Boy, there you go. Method and Red and Police Academy of the series. That could be the sequel to Shuckapalooza or Catapalooza. <laughs> what? Police Academy, the animated series and the live action series? No, the lot of... Uh, never mind. Anyway. I, I oh. think he's talking about, like, instead of Shuckapalooza, like, Jeremy Burkett Palooza. Oh, jeez. That's a real deep cut. That is indeed a real deep cut. And besides, we've already committed to covering both police academies in the same week. Don't know when yet, but it's happening. 
playing Roger's boss, Danny Breen, from Not Necessarily the News. Also a writer for Whose Line Is It Anyway? You can believe that. Episode 5. I'm reading this episode title. My Dead Friend. A regular at the club drops dead, and his father mistakenly thinks Corey was his friend, and asks him to give a eulogy at his funeral. Corey finds out that Tuesday is actually Tuesday's last name. So this is like Dear Evan Hansen, like 15 years before Dear Evan Hansen. Yes, this is like Evan Hansen before Dear Evan Hansen. Corey finds out that Tuesday is actually Tuesday's last name. Her first initial is J. Roger is obsessed with finding the dead guy's cousin, who owns a lucrative car dealership in Chula Vista. Corey does not know what to say, so Tuesday helps him, finally telling him her first name in the process, June, in an effort to get him to trust her. Sophia continues to pursue her crush on Katie and tries to set up a threesome with the two of them and Owen. And a drunk who frequently sells records to permanent record unknowingly gives Margaret a copy of the Butcher cover version of the Beatles' Yesterday and Today album. She does not know whether to keep it or do the right thing and give it back. Would you like some names? I would love some names. All right, first name I'm going to give you is Gus in this episode. This is a guy we've talked about, Jeff Doucette. I remember talking about him. We talked about him on ER. He was on six episodes of ER. But where I remember him from, looking at his picture on IMDb, I'm like, I know that guy from somewhere. Well, he is like that guy from that show. He's got a very extensive career. But he played Harley Eston on Newhart. Harley Eston was a semi-recurring character on Newhart, appeared on 16 episodes. And, of course, remember, Newhart is just like one bad sushi fever dream because Bob Hartley, he had some bad sushi. And we found out on the last episode of Newhart, that's how this whole show, it was just one giant dream. It was sort of like a Tommy Westfall. I'm going to give you a name. Oh, there is another name. Go for it. Playing Rick, Dan Bukatinsky. And aside from being a that guy from that thing who happened to have a regular gig on Scandal and the Comeback and the Baker and the Beauty, he is also the executive producer of current podcast favorite, 25 Words or Less. And another current podcast favorite, Who Do You Think You Are? He's done it all. Episode 6, Spring Break 84. Katie gets into credit card debt, so she plans a little trip to Mexico, in air quotes, Mexico, for spring break, which turns out to just be Roger's apartment. RT falls apart without Katie's daily guidance. A former high school classmate of Corey's, played by Keller Lee's real-life husband, Nathan West, is now a big pop star and asks Tuesday to come to his show and to his backstage. Corey is suppressed at the thought of Tuesday seeing someone else, but in the end, Tuesday cannot stand the guy's music. 
Roger buys a new pair of parachute pants that make it impossible for him to sit down. Oh, God. Were parachute pants that big in 1984? I don't mean that big as in size. I mean that popular. I thought that was more of a late 80s, early 90s thing. But then again, this is a show that passes off a Starship record as a Jefferson Starship record, and Starship wouldn't have been a thing until 1985 at least. I don't think they care much about um, continuity. But yeah, Nathan West, aside from being married to Kyler Lee, was also in Not Another Teen Movie with Kyler Lee. And he played Rob McClanahan in Miracle. Okay, hold on. I'm reading his IMDb. He was in that 80s show with Kyler Lee. He was in Not Another Teen Movie with Kyler Lee. He was in Seventh Heaven. I, with She might have been in Seventh Heaven. I don't know. But he was in Grey's Anatomy with Kyler Lee. He was with Kyler Lee in a lot of things. So want to say, is this typecasting? Don't do you know with his wife. You know what? Yeah, yeah, it is typecasting. Well, go ahead. Uh, okay, I got your approval, so I'll, I'll. No, you know what? I'm not going to say that. No, that's not really typecasting. It's just following his spouse. The way you say it makes it sound creepy. And speaking of anachronisms, when the group is driving to L.A., this is according to IMDb, several cars from the 1990s are visible, including a Ford Explorer, a GM EV1, a Ford Windstar, and a second-generation Ford Probe. Episode 7, Katie's Birthday. Sophia plans a birthday party for Katie, where Owen proposes, much to Katie's embarrassment. RT buys a new video camera, but does not know how to operate it. Roger hurts his ankle dancing, probably in those parachute pants. Corey and Tuesday finally kiss after much tension and arguing, yet still argue at the end of the episode, but almost kiss again, while RT hires Sophia to be director of sales at Videx. Episode 8, After the Kiss. After Corey and Tuesday's initial kiss, they can't keep their hands off each other. But where is this relationship headed? Meanwhile, Sophia is taking over RT's company, and Roger is taking over Katie's aerobics class. Playing a customer in this episode. Mike, are you ready for who's playing a customer in this episode? Yeah, bring it. Derek Waters from Drunk History. Such a great show. Oh, yes. And to keep it in the Carsey Werner family, playing Venus, Simbi Kali from Third Rock. She was the secretary to Jane Curtin's character. Oh, okay. I I remember her now. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I, I got that. All right, I got a third name just because I love this show. I thought it didn't last long enough. Playing Gelato Glenn, I'm going to guess he is a owner or salesperson of Gelato somewhere, is Bob Clendenin. I have a question. Is he related to 1969 New York Met Don Clendenin? I doubt it, but we can easily search that. 
Probably. I know not. because Don Clinton is black. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's why. You fail at the first hurdle, Greg. Where I know Bob Clinton from, and maybe you do too. I mean, this series ran for about three years, it looks like. He played, I think, the main character named Carl on one of my favorite underrated TV shows of the late 2000s, 10 Items or Less. I remember that TBS thing. Yeah, it was a TBS thing. It was basically, I want to say, check it out, but without uh, Don Adams. But also, I think it was less corny and definitely less Canadian. I like 10 Items or Less. I have the first season on DVD, of all things. Oh, nice. All right, so I think we need to push pause on this trip through the 80s in 2002. So I don't know. Should we play the 80s commercial block or the 2000s commercial block? I'm all confused. ¿Por qué no las dos? We'll see you after the break. I'm making my move to Canada Drive. Long the sweet day, he's ready to try. A soft drink that's right, ginger ale crisp and light. She's changing her taste, she's raising her sight. I'm making my move to ginger ale so dry. He's making his move and dry is why we're making our move to Canada Dry. Are you ready for Canada Dry ginger ale? On January 18th, the world's greatest legend. I'm sorry? I said the world's greatest legend will be revealed. From the director of Ace Ventura 2 comes the hardest-hitting comedy of the year. Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Rated PG-13, January 18th, only in theaters. Wednesdays, Colts grabbing for the gusto. When a pack of bikers run down the town on the fall guy. Then, Sammy Joe's got a plan. Little Danny is going to visit me here in this hotel. And a gala evening brings terrible news not everyone will live to hear on Dynasty. Then, it's her first night on the streets. Not asking nearly enough. And he'll make it her last hotel. Wednesday, all starting at 8. Nothing could make Scully risk Mulder's life. Mulder needs to know what I know, or he may have no future. Until now. How do you know that you're not being used to lure Mulder out? It's too late. I've already sent for him. The X-Files, all new at 9, 8 central, tonight on Fox. Fox tonight. Malcolm's family takes up dance lessons. No way. You be a gentleman. It's just like touching a dead person. It's just like touching a dead person. An all-new Malcolm in the Middle, coming up next on Fox. They were the perfect family in the perfect home, but the seduction of a rich new lifestyle became an invitation to hell. Then, on 2020 Game Wardens, why is protecting nature's beauty more dangerous than battling crime on the streets? Thursday. Welcome back from the commercials. Greg was just listening to the commercials. Now he's seeing if Kung Pao Under the Fist is on Tubi. No, it's not on Tubi. Oh, damn it. Oh, well, let's get back to the show, shall we? Episode 9, Double Date. 
Corey and Tuesday go on a date. Roger wants it to be a double date, of course. So Tuesday picks up a random girl that works at the local bank. RT decides to become the spokesperson for his own company, but keeps getting distracted by the women in his commercial. Katie decides to drop out of college, but is afraid to tell her father. She changes her major instead after running into an old professor. Tuesday becomes frustrated with Corey's uniform lifestyle, but accepts it in the end. Playing the random girl that Roger hooks up with, Tammy Lynn Michaels, who is actually going to be in, this has got to be a future cover, Committed. With uh, oh. Jennifer Finnegan and um, Tom Poston's else. in it. Tom Poston's in it, so you know damn well it's going to be a future cover. What? I'm on Committed, guys? Yeah, Tom, you're on the show Committed. Oh, no. Hey, Tom, it's been a long time. Hey, have I seen the G-Man? Is he here yet? No, Tom, he was here last week. Oh, I missed yeah. the G-Man last week? Oh, no. Yeah, here's the thing. We don't have his music queued up, so he's not going to show up. No. No. He shows Sorry, up when he wants to show up. He shows up when he wants to. No, that's right. Episode 10, Punk Club. A new punk club opens up in town, and Tuesday secretly goes without informing Corey. Roger burns part of his hair off in the car with a portable crimping iron. First of all, who the hell told Roger he could be Michael Jackson? Sophia convinces Kate to stop cleaning up the house, which causes RT to be unable to take care of himself. Margaret becomes obsessed with Footloose. Corey believes that Tuesday is embarrassed to be seen with him, so Tuesday takes Corey back to the club, defending his normal image to everyone. Now, playing the role of Candy, who works at the punk club, Tiffany. Tiffany? Tiffany. Oh, wow. So Candy enters the store, Permanent Record, tells Tuesday about the club, and leaves. Tuesday says to Corey, and I'm not even kidding, I think we're alone now. This is where I think the uh, writer's lose the premise of the series as compared to that 70s show. Yeah, can you imagine losing complete premise of your own show? Man, couldn't be us. What? Wait, what's going on? It's the G-Man's... What's the G-Man's music being played? Why's the G-Man's music being played? Yeah, baby, it's being the G-Man of that guys. How you guys doing today? Well, Greg was here and he done killed everybody. Just saying. Oh, uh, wait. People were dead? No, Greg didn't kill anybody. He killed everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, G-Man. I killed everybody with my jokes. Hey, G-Man, have you ever seen the movie Little Man with Marlon Wayans? (laughs) No, I wouldn't watch that shit. Well, that's probably a good thing, G-Man. Well, guys, what are you talking about today? We're talking about the 80s. Oh, the 80s, huh? 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, we got, back we got people day. burning their hair off and listening to Footloose. Oh, Footloose, man. Oh, yeah. I dug the Footloose soundtrack. You know, my favorite song. You know, uh, I've been waiting for a girl like you and uh, with uh, Dancing in the Sheets. That was a great song. I have a question for Mr. G, man. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Is- since we're talking about that 80s show and, and the 1980s in general, how do you feel about the new Love American style? Oh, the new Love American style it absolutely sucks. Wait, G-Man. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What did you say? Oh, no. I said the new Love American style it sucks. Oh, Jesus. Mike, have you ever seen uh, Teach Me Ninja Turtles, the movie? No, I've said I've only seen seven in my life. All right, all right. I was like, just, I was like, I was like, when I say fight, you say fight. When I say kitchen, you say kitchen. Right. Mike, fight. Fighting, I'm watching this. Kitchen? Yeah, I think I'm going to the kitchen. One hour later. Guys. We've come to a truce. We both agreed that the new Love American style is just all right. <laughs> yeah, Dred. You know, it, it, you know, I came to realize, thanks to Greg, that the, the new Love American style, well, it's not quite the old Love American style, but you know what? It's new. And you know what? It's on videotape. Everyone loved videotape back in the 80s. Nobody wanted to film anything. So even though uh, it's not the best show in the world, I think it's okay. Greg has convinced me. Yes, G-Man. I'm glad you've come around to my thinking. You might not think it's the best show, but you know what? We came to a respectful agree to disagree. We came up to say, you know what? It's okay. It's okay that you might not like G-Man. Well, that's that's great to hear. Well, Greg, uh, thank you for uh, showing me the way. So, uh, all right. Well, I'll be back, and uh, I hope you enjoy talking about the rest of that eighty show. I didn't like that show, so uh, I thought it was a piece of crap. Everybody I do did. Love, yeah, everybody did. But I do love. Uh, uh, it's always Sunday Philadelphia, as I mentioned last week. Everybody does. I, I lived every episode. Thank you for your service, sir. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to be going now. And while we wait for the fade. Yeah. You know, I'm glad we've come to a, a respectful about the new Love American style. Is it safe to return? Yes. Okay, all right. Episode 11. Oh, you're going to love this, guys. Road trip. After the two of them perform at a wedding, Katie signs herself and Corey up to be on Star Search. Corey has second thoughts about appearing on a mainstream talent show, especially after being through makeup. RT takes Sophia to the wedding to show off to his ex-wife, and she moves in temporarily. 
Roger meets and dances for Ed McMahon, who guest stars. And speaking of guest stars, Margaret is scared of seeing Pat Benatar, who also guest stars with Neil Geraldo, due to a pyro accident she was responsible for years earlier. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. But hold on, Chico. Playing spokesmodel number two in this episode. Chico, you ready for this? I am sitting down. Renee Elise Goldsberry. Maybe this explains why she loses to Mario Cantone in that season two episode of Girls 5 Eva on Star Search. Maybe. You probably want to know who Spokes Lady number one was. Who was Spokes Lady number one? Darby Stanchfield, who played the mother on Lock and Key on Netflix. Oh, wow. So it wasn't like on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia how, like, Tiffany Haddish played, like, uh, stripper number three, and then uh, the lady who played the drunk on... uh, Joe Schmo 2 was stripper number one and poor stripper number two was some nobody. Nope. Spokes lady number one was somebody. Spokes lady number two was a big somebody. Before we move on, I got another name. Playing Ted in this episode is the gentleman by the name of John Caponera. He was on a show we're going to cover. I'm going to say that right now. We're going to cover this because two reasons. First, it premiered after the Super Bowl. And second, it had Drew Carey right before he got the Drew Carey show. I'm talking about The Good Life. I'm putting it on the schedule right now. Do you guys remember The Good Life? I love The Good Life. I, I remember The Good Life. Vaguely. It had a little girl who was on an episode of Star Trek. But yeah, like I said, it starred John Caponera and Drew Carey, and this is like a year before the Drew Carey show. So if The Good Life actually was a decent show, there might not have been a Drew Carey show, or at least maybe it wouldn't have started in 1995. And think of the ripple effect. No Drew Carey show, no Who's Line, no Wayne Brady, no Wayne Brady on Let's Make a Deal. No price is right with Drew Carey. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, just like if the good life hadn't failed, you might have gotten Mario Lopez hosting the price is right. Which wouldn't it's be like, a bad thing, mind you, but still. It's like the butterfly effect. You go in, in the past, step on a butterfly, it ruins everything. You give the good life a second season, Mario Lopez hosts the price is right for some reason. But we could have gotten an episode of The Price is Right with Mario Lopez dressed as Colonel Sanders like in a recipe for the seduction. Oh, stop it! Why are you coming up with all these crappy movies? Well, I'm sorry. A recipe for seduction was not a crappy movie. It was a 15-minute infomercial disguised as kind of sort of like a telenovela with Colonel Sanders. But you pulled that out, and we've had little man references all night. Oh, oh boy. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Episode 12, Beach Party. Katie invites the gang to a beach barbecue. 
but it's just a trick to clean up the beach. Corey's decision to move in with Tuesday freaks her out and angers Roger. Debbie Gibson guest stars as a record store customer who drives Margaret nuts. Meanwhile, RT is thinking of selling his company to a competitor played by guest star... Y'all ready for this? Morgan Fairchild. You're gorgeous. She and Sophia have a dynasty-like slapping session. Tuesday, in her own way, tells Corey that she loves him. And the episode ends with the two of them kissing on the beach. And that was supposed to be the finale. That was supposed to be the season, series, whatever. It was supposed to be the end. That was supposed to be it. It was supposed to be done. But there's a problem. A problem? There's a problem. They aired the episodes out of order. And the episode they skipped is the actual finale that Fox billed as the finale. Sophia's depressed. Sophia's depressed because her twin sister, Bianca, because Brittany Daniel's a twin, y'all, is getting married. RT thinks he once slept with Patty, Roger's girlfriend. The record store is damaged due to an electrical fire, and Margaret's friend Zeke, played by Duran Duran's John Taylor, remodels. While Owen incorrectly tells everyone on his ship that he and Katie got married, and also is despondent over a mash ending. Corey, fed up with Tuesday's pit of an apartment, asks her to stay at his house, but she is afraid of his family's happy lifestyle. Okay, since we mentioned John Taylor of Duran Duran, I think it's been a long time since we've had a Greg's dad story. So here's a Greg's dad story, guys. My dad contends that Duran Duran is made up of two people. And their names are Duran and Duran. And my dad, there's not two people Duran Duran. There's like four people and their names are not Duran and Duran. Apparently, I guess maybe you think Simon LeBond's name is Duran number one or Duran number... I don't know. I think they got their name from Barbarella, if I'm not mistaken. Yes! Yes, exactly! They got it from Barbarella. They're not named Duran. And this explains why I came from my dad. This is why I'm the way I am. I just argued with a 62-year-old man about the new Love American style people who ran, apparently, the skeet shop and skater die on NES. I did not know this. Except for fire die. Yeah. And remember we talked about the twin sister, Bianca, is actually played by Brittany Daniels' twin sister, Cynthia Daniel, whom we referenced early in this episode. Was she in Little Man too? No. Oh. But here's the thing. Fox did not air her scene. What? They 
did the uh, Squish credits thing where they aired promos for upcoming Fox shows. Most notably, oh, what's that show that aired on Fox during the summer of 2002? Oh, yeah. American Idol. Oh, that show that Kelly Girl was on? Yes, that show that Kelly Girl was on. Oh. Whatever happened to her? She's doing well. Okay, that's nice. Hey, you know what happened to her? Her name is said anytime somebody gets their chest waxed. And coincidentally, that movie also had Paul Rudd. So, what happened to this show? Let's start, as we always do, with the schedule. It was on Wednesday nights at 8 on Fox. Also on that hour, My Wife and Kids on ABC, 60 Minutes 2 on CBS, and I guess NBC was still trying to find itself in January of 2002 because they were still airing episodes of Ed at the time. Oh, Ed was a great show. Ed was a wonderful show. Now, Ed wasn't airing when the show premiered. Ed wasn't airing when that 80s show premiered. So that 80s show did a respectable number for that half hour. But then the next week, Ed came back and... Uh, yeah, you can see where we're going with this. Viewers started tuning out. Oh, we didn't even mention what was airing on UPN and the WB at the time. Oh, what was on UPN and the WB? I want to know. On the WB, a little show called Dawson's Creek. Oh. And on UPN, another little show called Enterprise. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? More people would want to watch Scott Bakula in 2002 than young Glenn Howard did. It never did gain the following it had during the uh, first episode. And going up against the Winter Olympics that year on NBC. Oh, yeah, that doesn't help. No, it doesn't. Also considering that was the Salt Lake City Olympics, so, you know, American Pride and all that. Everything with American Pride airing in real time. Yeah, that was just... Yeah, it was all about Sean White and Johnny Mosley that Olympics. As far as the critics are concerned, yeah. reviews were mixed. No, as Calgary no. Herald's Eric Kohanic said that a time period needed to be at least 20 years away to laugh at it, and that that 80s show was created too soon. While Josh Freeman from the LA Times said the pilot was reminiscent of a school reunion that the nostalgic fun is intermittent. Peggy Curran from the Montreal Gazette said, it's nowhere near as funny or original as it could have been. But in a retrospective column, someone said that one of the reasons that 80s show failed was because the show featured young adults in the 80s and those who experienced that decade in their 20s would be in their 40s when the show aired in 2002. The show targeted viewers in their early 30s, but made the cast of characters too old. 
I guess you could say they could have done a that 80s show with the premise of that 70s show, but they turned it in a different direction. And ultimately, the whole thing just did not work. The show ranked 104th. For the 2001-02 season? Yes. Wow. The show was never released to proper home media, but you can watch all 13 episodes of that 80s show unofficially on YouTube. But don't cry for anybody's career. Everybody's doing fine. Eddie Shin landed a role on Alexa and Katie. Glenn Howerton, we all told you what Glenn Howerton was doing. Yeah, he met up with Two guys by the names of Charlie Day and Rob McElhaney. And, well, the rest is history. Tyler Lee went on to star as Cara Danvers' sister on Supergirl. Brittany Daniel, still working. Margaret Smith, still working. Jeff Pearson, still working. But the show, it was a speed bump. And let's be honest. Were the 80s really worth remembering as a 20-something growing up in the 80s? I mean, yuppies, Reaganomics. If I can add something, I think if you had premiered this show not in 2002, but say later in the 2000s, like say 2007 or 2008, when it's now like 20 years removed from most of the 80s, Maybe this would have worked, but premiering this in 2002 when the 80s are like still like relatively recent, I don't think that worked. Mike, you remember the 80s more than the two of us. What do you say? This sucked. I'll admit, I really have never seen that 70s show, and I can't really compare that 80s show with that 70s show in terms of familiarity, similar type of pacing. Yeah, if they're just making 80s references, ha ha ha. Yeah, that's just doing a sitcom with 80s references. I don't know. I, I think the big thing that killed this is it was a spinoff of the 70s show but there were no characters from that 70s show. You had all new characters, all new situations. You know, they didn't carry over, you know, Kelso or uh, Kurtwood Smith or anything like that. It was like a new show, but it was a spinoff of a very popular existing show, if that makes any sense. This show needed an appearance from Fez. Oh, it needed a lot more than that. Yeah, I don't even think Hyde could have saved this show. And Hyde was basically the type that would frequent a store-like permanent record. But in 2002, our brief venture into the 80s gave us this thing on TV. But hey, one more fun fact before we get out of here. Do you know who else auditioned to play Roger on this show? Who? Charlie Day. Yeah, I think I do remember recalling hearing this on the It's Always Sunny podcast. 
And as it turns out, Glenn Howerton and Tinsley Grimes were both living in Montgomery at the same time, but they never met before this show. Hey, who would have thought that one day both Glenn Howerton and Charlie Day would know a co-owner of a European soccer team? That's a valid point. Who would have guessed that? And who would have guessed the other co-owner would be one of the stars of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place? But that's another story for another episode. In the meantime, don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes over at ItWasAThingOnTV.com. And don't forget also that we are available wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. Remember, like, subscribe, rate, review. Five stars only, because positive vibes only. And if you're on YouTube, don't forget to smash that notification bell so you can stay up to date on all of our future entries, including, we have three episodes next week? Oh, yes, we do have three episodes next week. Well, first, we talked about the CBS Friday Night Block Party last year and how it didn't make a dent in TGIF. Well, Miller Boyette the next year came back to TGIF. But not only did they come back, they brought two of their stars from a previous sitcom with them. Not only do we have that, we have something... Mike, you're going to have to explain this to me because I have absolutely no idea what this is. Oh, I need to explain this for sure. You need to explain this. So a number of months ago, I went down a rabbit hole and I found this show. This is a very short-lived children's show from one of the people we've talked about in the past. Uh, We've done, I think, uh, a number of entries from this production company. This one is super bizarre. Oh my gosh, the bizarreness goes off the friggin' charts. And it only lasted a very short period of time, and there's bits and pieces on YouTube, but yeah, this is one of those things. And you never hear this person, uh, the star of this show, you never hear this person getting credit for being on this show I wonder why I, 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 I say that sarcastically because when we talk about the show, you're going to know why you never hear, Oh, this person was on this show. Just saying, this is going to be one of those weird shows. It'll be a quick show, but it's going to be a weird show, but Oh my gosh, let's talk about episode three because we have talked about this plenty of times and we're actually going to cover it. It's a very special episode. Going back to TJF of one of our favorite TJF shows. And it tackles a very important issue. But they don't actually say what it is. Because as we all know, on a Friday night on ABC, you can't say this word. So you have to use another word as a substitute for the word. But us adults, we all get it. We all get it. And, and we got one more thing. Chico, we have to continue the era. We have to continue with the era. We stopped at one. Okay, We We're still only have questions. We still have some unanswered questions from the first movie that we have to answer in the kissing booth, too. It'll answer all the unanswered questions that we've wondered back in October. 
Yes. So all of that is coming next week. But before that, we have two very special episodes. The first very special episode. We did one last year. We're doing it again this year. We keep talking about he's a Hall of Famer. She's a Hall of Famer. They're Hall of Famers. Guess what, people? We're making it official next episode. Yeah. We're doing it. A special episode. The It Was a Thing on TV Hall of Fame Class of 2023. But also, let's not forget, we are going to talk, me and Chico, about season three, the premiere episode of The Mandalorian, which just dropped at the time of recording this. Yes, and I did not watch this episode yet, so all of my reactions are going to be absolutely genuine. Yeah. So, Greg... You might want to get the bongo music ready. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway. All of that is coming in the weeks ahead, right here on It Was A Thing On TV. For Greg, for Mike, I'm Chico. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you for the next one. Row! Stop it! Get off me, bitch! Hey, sis, are, are you okay? You hit your head pretty hard there. Yeah, I'm fine, you small-haired What? Excuse me? It was a joke, okay? Oh, oh you don't understand humor? Oh, it was a joke. That's why she was... Uh, oh, hey, hey, D, um, and we're gonna buy the ring. Do you want to be part owner with us? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, are you? Yeah, we could really use your positive attitude. Uh, oh, her, could, could you? You know what you could also use? A breath mint, because your mouth smells like you just ate a giant slice of pizza. Okay, I'm confused here. Do, do you want to be in? No, 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 Charlie. Thank you anyway, but I don't want to be involved with you losers, okay? Because you're losers. I'm moving to Hollywood. I'm going to get rich, I'm going to get famous, and I'm probably going to marry Scott Wolf. Get out!